This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is The Literary Life. I'm Mitchell Kaplan. I've owned books and books and been a bookseller for over 35 years. What you're about to hear are conversations about all things literary with writers, readers, publishers, old friends, new friends, and anyone who might wander into our store with an interesting story to tell about their connection to books, reading, or writing. These will be informal, over-the-backyard-fence kind of conversations the kind I and booksellers everywhere have each and every day. This is the episode that I look most forward to. My guests today are three of my favorite readers, and they happen to be three people that I work with here at Books and Books. We have with us today to talk about what books you might want to give to a special person as a gift as we move into the holiday season. I have Christina Nasti, who, in addition to being a remarkable reader, is also our events and marketing coordinator here at the bookstore and is uh, responsible for all of those remarkable uh, virtual events that we do through the store. We also have with us Gael Lalamere, who is our chief adult book buyer. She also has one of the most remarkable reading aesthetics that I know. And uh, she's responsible for all of the great books that we feature here at the bookstores physically, but also those things that we feature up on our website. I'm also um, proud to have on this episode um, Christina Russell. Christina, if you came to our stores or if you know our stores, you'd understand just how remarkable our offerings are when it comes to children's and young adult books. Christina also is responsible for bringing both into schools as well as in the store and now also online, uh, introducing authors to our Books and Books community. So today, all three uh, of these folks will be talking about what books to recommend uh, as we move into the holiday season. So I'm going to start with Christina Nosti. Okay, so I'm going to start with a book that I'm an evangelist for this year, and it's called The Prophets by Robert Jones Jr., published by Putnam, um, which I read in galley form, and it was published in January of this year. Um, It's unlike anything I've ever read, and it's because Robert followed the dictate of Toni Morrison in writing the book that's not been written, and now it's shortlisted for the National Book Award, and I am rooting for it to win. 
Um, I just want to read like just a tiny bit of the galley letter that Robert sent when we first got the book. And it's just as a black queer person who felt so cut off from my lineage, the question I wanted to ask, did black queer people exist in the distant past? Of course they did. So he was terrified of writing this book because he didn't think he could, but he kept hearing whispers from the ancestors. And actually, I think that's why the title is The Prophets, because a there's a lot of mystery associated with this book. I think it was lifted up, and, and I think Robert might say that it was kind of the result of all of these voices talking to him. So it's a wonderful book to give as a gift. Um, I encourage everyone to discover this book um, because it's really just a, a wonderful, wonderful read. Christine, is there someone in mind that you have for that book? Who, who is the, who's the perfect receiver of a gift? Anyone who's open to discovery, you know, like understanding another way of life that might not be their own, just open to discovery, especially in, in history. Gael? Um, one of the books I'd like to recommend um, is the 1619 Project, which was created by Nicole Hannah-Jones, published by One World. So as many people already know, this was uh, the 1619 Project originated as a one-off issue of the New York Times a few years ago, and which sold out immediately and for which Hannah-Jones won the Pulitzer Prize. Uh, this book um, includes expanded versions of those original essays, along with works of fiction and poetry and photography. Uh, for those of you who may not know what the 1619 Project is, um, it aims to reframe the country's history by placing the consequences of slavery and the contributions of Black Americans at the very center of the United States national narrative. Because it was in 1619 that a group of 20 or so captive Africans arrived in the Virginia col colony. Uh, what's really incredible about this book is the amazing contributions, um, including poems by Claudia Rankin, Terence Hayes, Tracy K. Smith, Rita Dove, fiction by Yajesi, Kiese Lehman, Jason Reynolds, and essays by Ibram X. Kendi and Brian Stevenson. Um, I wanted to read a little bit of the um, editor letter in the galley which really explain the, explains this better than I ever could. The 1619 Project is ultimately about one of the great epics in human history, how a group of enslaved people cut off from their homes, their language, and their own history, stripped of any rights, forced to live and die in labor camps, and repaid for that labor with abuse and terrorism, not only survived, but initiated a struggle that would define the life of a nation. And he also says, this is a clarifying and often inspiring epic of struggle, one whose ending we all have a hand in writing. And this was written by Chris Jackson, the editor. So I think this is for any reader who is interested in history, social justice. This is a book that, you know, we must understand this history to understand our present and to hopefully envision a more just future. Gail, that's just being published now, right? It comes out, I believe, this week. Great. It sounds, it's one that we're all pointing toward. Thank you. Christina Russell? Yeah. 
Um, so my first pick is something, a book that I think is really fun and light for little kids, um, little, little kids. It's out from Walter and Bray, and it's called Everybody in the Red Brick Building by Ann Winter, illustrated by O.J. Mora. Um, this is one of my favorite picture books of 2021. It's an electric nighttime story full of big sounds and fun. And basically everybody in a building, um, in the Red Brick Building, is woken up by a different sound. And so it's sort of like... Um, goes window by window uh, or apartment by apartment and um, then slowly everyone the, the the sounds in the picture book quiet down and the story calms down um, and so it ends up as a perfect bedtime story however I think with illustrations as detailed and vibrant and bold um, as this book has like everything OJ Mora does it makes for a great and really interactive story time at any time of day um, I think this is one that will be enjoyed by kids and parents who are reading it. Um, it's beautiful. Um, I'm going to go back to Christina Nosti. Okay, so... Christina, what's next on your list? My next book is Intimacies by Katie Kitamura. It's long-listed for the National Book Award, and it's published by Riverhead Books. Um, Katie teaches in the creative writing program at New York, New York University, and this is about a woman a novel about a woman, an interpreter who comes to The Hague to escape New York and to work at the international court. She's drawn into various personal dramas. Her lover, Adrian, is separated from his wife but still entangled in his marriage. Her friend, Jaina, witnesses a seemingly random act of violence, a crime that she becomes increasingly obsessed with as she befriends the victim's sister, and then she's pulled into an explosive political controversy when she's asked to interpret for a former president accused of war crimes. Um, it's, it's an extraordinary book. Um, it's about a woman of quiet passion as she confronts power, love, and violence, but also just the personal intimacies of her own life. I strongly recommend it. It's a great gift for women. Kyle? Um, the next book I'd like to talk about is Small Things Like These by Claire Keegan, uh, published by Grove Press. Uh, this is a slim but powerful debut novel by Claire Keegan, um, an Irish author who is mostly known for her short story collections. This takes place in 1985 in a small Irish town in the weeks leading up to Christmas. Uh, Bill, the main character, is a husband, a father, and a coal merchant who one day happens upon an injustice, which forces him to confront his past as well as his and the town's complicity. Um, Keegan's writing is gorgeous, atmospheric. There are passages in the in of the family cooking meals, waiting for cakes to cool, sitting around the fire that I found breathtaking. Um, and I've seen many early readers of this book describe it as a perfect uh, holiday kind of Christmas book and saying it's kind of a modern, uh, modern day Christmas carol. And I think, I think that is true, but I think this book is much more than this. Um, ultimately, it's an ode to human kindness and how small a small act of kindness kindness by a regular everyday person can have long-standing and enormous consequences. Um, I would say this is for readers of fiction, people who enjoyed uh, Shuggy Bane by Douglas Stewart or Roddy Doyle. Um, it's really just a lovely book and it's coming out at the end of the month and we're going to have signed copies.
Um, this one is for my dinosaur friends. I happen to live with one. So um, <laughs> this one is called Dinosaurs and Other Prehistoric Life by Professor Anasuyo Chinsami Turan. It's coming out November 2nd, which is tomorrow. Um, and it's published by DK Children. This is the latest 2021 edition of a book that DK has published before, um, at least in title. But this new edition is packaged really beautifully um, and makes a, a nice keepsake, I think. It has a um, foiled cover and gilded sprayed edges on it. Um, and DK is a go-to publisher for me as a book buyer when I'm looking for fact-filled, um, just like to-the-point nonfiction for really for curious kids for our nonfiction sections. Um, but with this book, and, and really it's part of a series, but with this book, they've also created something that I think is, is beautiful to hold and look at inside its full, full color um, illustration and illustrations and beautiful art. Um, and this is part of a series that includes a book called An Anthology of Intriguing Animals, which we also carry and love, and also The Wonder of Nature. So I really like this new direction um, from DK and the packaging. Um, and I think all these books will make great gifts for the holidays for, for curious science, sciencey kids. Thank you. I'm going to talk about two things. One is a gift for my 28-year-old son that I'm going to give. When he, I think even now, still, he collects sneakers and has been doing that just about since he was a kid uh, playing basketball. Fiden has just come out with a remarkable book called Sold Out, The Golden Age of Sneaker Advertising. It's probably about three inches thick, and it is page after page of the most really compelling advertisements uh, since people started buying sneakers, uh, even going way back in the early days to time that I remember when I bought my first Converse's, which were the only sneakers you could buy back in the day, taking you all the way through the Jordan period, Adidas. Um, it's the kind of book that I know that he will just love. As he, as the last time I went to visit him in his closet, there were probably about 40 pairs of sneakers <laughs> that he still had. Uh, the other one I want to, um, I want to recommend is what I'm going to be giving to my 18-year-old nephew. And his, um, his interest is in all things dealing with uh, kind of unusual art, street art, um, work that, um, you know, you might not uh, immediately uh, think of when you think of buying something for that... Um, that college freshman. And this is the work of Cause. Cause, his name is Brian Donnelly. That's how uh, he's known professionally as Cause. He's an American artist and designer. And his work basically consists of the repeated use of figurative characters and motifs, um, some, some going all the way back uh, to when he began his career in the 1990s. Um, they were originally printed two-dimensionally, but uh, now they've been printed three-dimensionally. This new book by Feiden is a wonderful um, kind of compendium and history of his work. It was made in collaboration with Cause, and uh, it's just gorgeous. 
it's gorgeous as in terms of bookmaking as well. So I think um, I think Jonah and Aiden are going to really enjoy the gifts they're getting, and I hope they don't listen to this program, <laughs> so they won't know what's coming. Christina. Okay, so I have a gift for the writer in your life, um, or anyone who's ever thought of writing, um, to go inside the mind of George Saunders and to read A Swim in a Pond in the Rain. Just think about that for a few minutes. Um, in which four Russians give a master class on writing, reading, and life. This is a book that I don't think has gotten as much attention as it deserves, and it is literally, like, you don't have to go to school. You can just read this book and study it, and you will have taken a master class with one of the best writers in the world. Um, he really kind of just, like, takes you. He uses the Russian masters to teach you about writing. And then, of course, there's so many things that go with it that are just from from his wonderful, imaginative, creative, and knowledgeable mind. So this is a book for writers, anybody who's interested in writing, George Saunders. Do you remember that great event we had with George? When we, for Lincoln and the Bardo? When we had it with Lincoln and the Bardo, yeah. where he... We all acted out different, yeah. different parts. Yeah. Different, he put yeah. different He's parts wonderful. that we acted out. Yeah. And that was pre-pandemic. It, um, it was really very, very special. He is very special. Gael, what do you have on your uh, um, on your playlist? The next book I'd like to recommend is, uh, the title is When We Cease to Understand the World by Benjamin Labatut and, and translated by Adrian Nathan West, published by New York Review of Books. So this is hands down one of my very favorite books of the year. It was shortlisted for the Booker International Prize and is also a finalist for the National Book Award for Translated Literature. And it's kind of a difficult book to classify as it is a blend of fiction and nonfiction, and you don't necessarily know which is which while you're reading. Uh, the author himself states, this is a work of fiction based on real events, but also says that in the first essay called Prussian Blue, only, it only includes one fictional paragraph. <laughs> so it's a combination of essays and short stories, and in them, Labitude explores the nature of scientific dis discovery and what happens when we reach the limits of science and the consequences of coming face to face with what we cannot understand. And I'll be honest, there was quite a bit I did not understand in this book because it's quantum mechanics, but nevertheless, I was transfixed. And uh, these stories and essays are each linked by a single scientific discovery, which has devastating repercussions. And I won't say more than that, as this is the common thread that really wowed me. Um, it's a story of obsession and genius. This is a great book for anybody who's interested in science, uh, readers of Carlo Rovelli, but also for the fiction reader. If anybody who loves Bologna or even Seabold, you know, this book has real range. Thank you. Christina Russell? Yeah, um, I'm going to jump up in age, um, an age range of, a little bit to our young adult section and recommend Our Way Back to Always by Nina Moreno, which is published by Little Brown for Young Readers. Um, she's a semi-local author for us, so a friend of the store, and we love her books. And this one's perfect for fans of contemporary YA. It's a rom-com about two childhood best friends, Lou and Sam, who have grown apart 
um, aren't really talking and they're in their senior year of high school when Lou finds a bucket list that they wrote together and sees that nothing on it has been checked off. Um, and so uh, Lou and Sam end up working together to change that, going on a bit of an adventure um, and checking things off this list and um, along the way rekindling their friendship, which is really sweet to read. Um, and of course, romance is soon to follow. Um, I really can't say how much I love Nina's uh Port Coral universe that she's created with this book and her first novel. And getting to spend another book there was absolutely wonderful, very cathartic. Um, so if you haven't read Don't Date Rosa Santos yet, you um, you don't have to, to read this book, but I highly recommend it. And I'm very happy to be able to say we have signed copies of both at Books and Books. We're the only indie with them. So Wonderful. Thank you. Christina, our other Christina. <laughs> so this is a book um, for the art lover. Um, I am a big fan of the work of Ai Weiwei, and this is a new memoir that we've been waiting for. It's called A Thousand Years of Joys and Sorrows, and it's published by Crown. Um, and, of course, for those of you who don't know, Ai Weiwei is one of the world's most famous artists and an activist. And through this book, he tells the epic tale of China through the story of his own extraordinary life and the legacy of his father, who um, I'm not going to try to pronounce his name, but he was the nation's most celebrated poet. Um, he's hailed as one of the most important artists working today, um, and it's a sweeping memoir that presents a remarkable history of China over the last hundred years while illuminating his artistic process. Nice. Who would you be thinking of giving that to? Art lovers. And there are a lot of those yeah. that you know particularly. What a lot of people don't know is that Christina, in an earlier part of her life, pre-Books and Books, was the director of the Cuban Museum at a very interesting pivotal point during the Cuban Museum's life. Yes, during the bombing <laughs> yes, of the was, Cuban Museum. So, there yes. There was a bombing threat, right? Uh, no, happened. there was a bomb. There was a Several bomb. bombs Did that went off. off. Oh, yeah. Bomb. yeah. And, yeah. And, the and, and they were bombing because it because... we were trying to show works by artists that were still living in Cuba. And, of course, 20 years ago when that happened, it was a no-no to do that. Now there's a lot more, you know, openness about it. But in those days, it was, it was uh, terrible. So, yeah, I lived through that when I was uh, very young and learned very quickly um, and, and, you know, was just kind of in the middle of this, like, political controversy. What but, year was that, Christina? God, who, it was in the 90s, I guess? Yeah, I think so, In the too. early 90s? And isn't there, there's a new book by a Cuban-American painter, Julio Larraz, right? Oh, yes, yes. That's just coming out now as yes, well. Yes, yes. Which is really gorgeous. He's a wonderful painter, and there's going to be a retrospective right next door to us at the Coral Gables Museum oh, that's in, great. in December. So right in time for Art Basel. The next book I'd like to talk about is uh, Laser Writer 2 by Tamara Shopson, published by MCD FSG. So I love Tamara Shopson. Her memoir from a few years ago, Arbitrary Stupid Goal, is one of my very favorite memoirs of all time. Uh, Laser Writer 2 is her first foray into fiction, and it's just really a fun, weird read. 
It's set in 1990s Manhattan. Claire, the main character, works as a printer repair technician. Um, and it's a story of weirdos and outsiders who find their people. It's an ode to a New York City long gone. Um, there are chapters that are written from the points of view of the parts within the printer, conversations between a hook and a gear, or between the paper feeder and the cartridge sensor. And the author kind of gives these broken printer parts an inner life. And this was one of my very favorite parts of the book. Um, and if you haven't read her yet, I highly recommend it. She's really delightful. You certainly do not have to be have any interest in printers or IT <laughs> to appreciate this novel. I'd say this is for readers who are looking for something um, a little bit off the beaten path. And I really don't know any other author to compare her to because she really is in a class of her own. That's great. Christina Nassi, do you have another one? Speaking of weirdos and outsiders, um, I have become a huge fan. I really had never read her work. I read it for the first time um, in 2019, 10 minutes, 38 seconds in this strange world. And she is Elif Shafak, um, an award-winning British-Turkish author that her specialty is weirdos and outsiders. Um, this is a writer that you need to discover if you haven't discovered her before. Um, this new novel is published by Bloomsbury, and it's called The Island of Missing Trees. Um, and it's really a love story. It's about two teenagers. One is Greek, the other is Turkish. They meet and fall in love in a taverna that has um, a beautiful tree that witnesses their love affair and their exchange. Um, the tree is still there when war breaks out. Decades later, they reunite. Um, they return and try to smuggle out a clipping of the, of the tree. And then it's their daughter who actually is still bound to the tree. So just a beautiful, beautiful novel, a wonderful writer who I encourage people to, to discover. Yeah, um, I talked about dinosaurs, so I have to talk about unicorns now <laughs> to represent my household accurately. Um, so, but this is actually a series recommendation for for fantasy lovers, or this for little kid fantasy lovers or mythology lovers. Um, these are really giftable illustrated books with foiled covers of creature about creatures of fantasy. Um, they're put out by Flying Flying Eye Books. Um, and they read like nonfiction field guides, sort of. They've got um, infographics, and they are written in many cases by scientists and historians. Um, there's only three of them, and they say many cases. But yeah, the latest installment is The Secret Lives of Dragons, which is by Professor Zoya Agnes, illustrated by Alexander Ulkin. Um, and there's also The Secret Lives of Unicorns by Tamisa Serafini came out in 2019 and then earlier this year they published The Secret Lives of Mermaids by Anictola. Um, so they're gorgeous, they're fun, and they're full of factual uh, information as far as like history and mythology. Um, yeah, my kids have really enjoyed them. So my brother-in-law Rob is a, started his life as a stand-up comic and he's now works as a psychologist, which I think there's a direct line from stand-up comedy to psychology. <laughs> He made a really good choice. And there's a brand new book out right now 
and it is called A Small Book of Jewish Comedians. And this is what Rob is getting. Uh, Time Magazine in 1978, that was a lot of years ago, so I'm sure it's not the case now, but in 1978, Time Magazine estimated that almost 80% of professional American comics were Jewish, which is a statistic I had no idea about. But I, I know that that's not the case now. But this book is not an attempt to be a complete compendium of all of that. But it's a really delightful book of photographs on one side of, uh, of, of the page. And on the other side are one-liners from those uh, comedians. So you get things like from Henny Youngman, who lived from 1906 to 1998, uh, Henny Youngman's one-liner that is here says, a man goes to a psychiatrist. Nobody listens to me. The doctor says, next. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is really great. Uh, there's also, um, there's also, here's Jackie Leonard who says, there's nothing wrong with you that reincarnation won't cure. <laughs> Which I think is also great. Um, and of course, Lenny Bruce, who says, uh, never trust a preacher with more than two suits. Um, life is a four letter word and the liberals can understand everything, but people who don't understand them. <laughs> and a lot of people say to me, why did you kill Christ? I don't know. It was one of those parties that got out of hand. <laughs> um, this is a great book, a small book of Jewish comedians. That's what Rob is going to get. And then my son, uh, the twin of, of Jonah, Daniel, is going to get this great book called Colorization, 100 Years of Black Films in a White World. But I'm going to let Christina Nasty talk about this one because I know this is something that she's been just wild about. And the reason why I'm giving it to Daniel is Daniel is a filmmaker. And I think that this book, as Christina will explain, will be a wonderful history for him. So he has an even more full understanding of the world that he's entered. So, um, yes, I love this book. It's Colorization, A Hundred Years of Black Films in a White World. It's published by Knopf, and it's written by Will Haygood. Um, it's got, just to kick it all off, it's got this amazing... Um, Quote by Shondaland, um, at once a film book, a history book, and a civil rights book, without a doubt, not only the very best film book, but it's also one of the best books of the year in any genre. Um, it's an unprecedented history of black cinema, examines a hundred years of black movies from Gone with the Wind to black exploitation films to Black Panther, using the struggles and triumphs of the artists and the films themselves as a prism to explore black culture, civil rights, and racism in America. Um, just superb book for film lovers. Um, and now that we're on that subject, I just want to call attention to um, a new member of our community um, who's written a book on Josephine Baker. Um, she is Dr. Terry Francis, and she's teaching um, at film in the film department at the University of Miami. And her book is Josephine Baker's Cinematic Prism. And I think um, that these books have uh, speak to each other. So they'd be a great uh, bundle. We can put them in a basket and gift wrap them. 
That's perfect. And you know, my um, I just had a conversation on my last podcast with Tanana Rivdu, who's an expert in black horror. And uh, she just premiered a, um, um, a piece that is called Horror Noir, which is an ad- a bunch of adaptations of stories. People like Victor Lavelle, she wrote one. Her husband, Stephen, wrote one. And th- this was on, um, I think it's on AMC Plus, you can see it. Um, Tanana Du, and her writing is kind of remarkable. I well. love what's going on with horror films and just like the rediscovery. I, I'm a big fan of the genre, but I think uh, a lot of people are like, re, I don't know, just understanding um, what it means. I think because the world is so horrible, there's like a particular like escape in horror. She talks about that completely on the podcast. And I learned things about horror that I knew nothing about. And uh, Tanana Reeve was my student when she was in 10th grade, and I felt like I was her student learning about all of this. And in fact, she teaches a course at, uh, I think it's UCLA, uh, on horror. Another book I'd like to recommend is uh, Graceland at Last by Margaret Renkel, published by Milkweed Editions. Um, I'm a big, big fan of her writing. Her book, Late Migrations from a Few Years Ago, is a masterpiece. This is a collection of her essays that have appeared in the New York Times over the last few years. Uh, they span from art and culture, the environment, social justice, and they are they are all of very deeply rooted in the South. Uh, Renkel lives in Nashville, and she very much defends the South and the ridicule it often gets from the North, and rightly points out that the South is not just one thing. It contains multitudes. And I can think of no better writer to delve into the complexities of the South. Um, I especially love her essays on the wildlife in her backyard, whether it be the bluebirds eating from her mealworm feeder or the skink who's moved in under her front steps. She has an incredible eye for all things natural. Um, And in a few paragraphs, she really gets to the heart of something that might take other writers pages and pages. Um, I kind of consider her my therapist because her essays always have a way of restoring hope and bringing you back to what is important, Um, especially when you get overwhelmed or when you spend too much time on social media, picking up one of her essays will really bring you back down to earth. Um, This is for every reader. She covers it all, um, and this is great for any fan of of essays. Um, Yeah. And we uh, have signed copies. We do. Jumping off of essays, um, Anne Patchett, the wonderful, lovely writer slash bookseller, book owner of Parnassus Books, has a new collection of essays that will be out from HarperCollins later this month. It's called These Precious Days. And, you know, Anne is a literary alchemist who really has plumbed the depths of her experience to create gold in these essays, um, engaging moving pieces that are both self-portrait and landscape, each vibrant with emotion and rich in insight. Um, She's turning her writer's eye on her own experiences, um, letting us look at the world anew and reminding us how fleeting and enigmatic life can be. Thank you. Now, Christina Russell, um, my niece... Adina, who lives in Los Angeles, on on Halloween had her first child. And it's a baby boy. 
and he is he's the first kid that any of the cousins had um so he he made my my mother a um great grandmother what would you think as a bit of a starter library for a newly born what would be the some of the just three or four of the basic books that you think a, a young mother would like to have for their child? Um, <clears throat> the first thing that comes to mind is our favorite series is the Touch, Think, Learn series by Xavier Deneau, which is published by Chronicle. Um, they're just really beautiful board books with primary concepts. Um, I also know that one of my favorite kids, kids, uh, picture book authors Oliver Jeffers now has two primary concept word books, which are uh, one is animals and I believe one is numbers. Um, so, I mean, that's a good starting point. The Touch, Think, Learn series has like more than 10 books um, that you could look that you could look at. Um, that would that's terrific. I would jump in with I think I'm going to send her an Eric Carle as well. I, oh, yes. I always love the Eric Carle book. The Tiny Seed. The Tiny Seed, The Very Hungry Caterpillar, all of those. So mm -hmm. I think that's what she may be getting for the holiday as well. I also, um, I've also just been looking at a book that has <laughs> been, it's been um, giving me dreams of my own past. Um, it's David Godless has just done a book called Miami. Godless Miami, and that's actually his name, but it's spelled G-O-D-L-I-S. And he took a trip here for about 10 days when he was a 22-year-old in 1974. And um, it captures the Miami that I remember when I was in high school, just before I left for college. And I'm going to give this to my daughter, Anya, who lives in New York, so she'll have a better taste of what my life was like growing up, and it'll remind her of the Miami that she's left. But it is quite the book. Um, there's a wonderful um, there's a wonderful documentary that's out based on the work of uh, based on the story of Andy Sweet and Gary Monroe, who've also done some amazing books on Miami. That documentary is the last, the last resort. Uh, it was done by Dennis Scholl, and um, it is really spectacular. If you haven't seen it, I would look at it to give you a, another taste of a Miami that's no longer around, which reminds me, too, that anyone interested in a really compelling read, um, The Year of Dangerous Days, Miami in 1980, uh, would also be something by Nicholas Griffin. It's now out in paperback, and that can be given to someone on your list as well. But this one is Godless Miami. We'll have some signed copies uh, at some point soon because he's making a visit to the store. Um, so I wanted to just uh, talk about those. Um, Christina uh, Nasti? Okay, so um, I'd like to mention a few books for Cuba buffs. Um, one is called Cuba, an American History by Ada Ferrer. Um, we have signed copies. Uh, it's a great uh, history. Uh, from the point of view of America. Um, I also would like to just call attention to Achi Obeja's, her debut poetry collection, Boomerang Boomerang, is um, a bilingual collection of lyrical poetry written in gender-free English and Spanish, which is remarkably interesting if you what read these What is the title poems. of that one again? It's called Boomerang 
It's called boomerang boomerang because it's bilingual. So boomerang and then the, the Spanish pronunci pronunciation of, of boomerang, which is boomerang. And um, it's about immigration, displacement, love, and activism. But we hosted her on a virtual program, and I heard her read some of these poems out loud. It's really fascinating. You know, that's, that reminds me, I'm just going to give a quick commercial for our virtual programs. Because of those of you wondering whether a book is for you, we have such an amazing um, a menu of virtual programs that you can find on our homepage at booksandbooks.com. And if you look to the left, you'll see something that says uh, the virtual uh, virtual archive. And just browse through that and see. It'll give you tons of ideas. Well, one of the yeah. one of the one of the programs that I that is to me one of the, the the best ones that I've seen is with Elizabeth Colbert and Richard Powers, who wrote Bewilderment. Bewilderment is on the shortlist for the Booker. It's also an Oprah Book Club book uh, selection. And it is a marvelous book that I don't want to say too much about because I don't want to uh, create any spoilers for you. But I can only say that if any of you remember Flowers for Algernon or Charlie, um, the movie, Bewilderment moved me uh, in ways that that book did as well. It's about a father and his son, and by the end of it, I was just slayed by the whole the whole novel. Bewilderment by Richard Powers. Um, I want to, to your point, Mitchell, I want to say uh, Bewilderment is also one of my favorite books of the year. Um, and the character of Robin, his son, I have to say, is maybe one of my very favorite characters of all time. I really connected with him. Um, I want to uh, bring up a few nonfiction books that I think would make great gifts. Um, first is Generations by Lucille Clifton. This was originally published in 1976 and newly reissued by New York Review of Books. It's long since been out of print, so this is overdue. Uh, and this is a memoir in which she traces her family history back generation to generation through Jim Crow, the slave trade, and all the way to the Dahomey people of West Africa. I think this would be a great companion to The Prophets by Robert Jones Jr. And actually this is one of the books Toni Morrison acquired as an editor when she worked at Knopf. And another one I want to quickly mention, which comes out I believe next week, is The Dawn of Everything by David Graeber and David Wengrow, published by FSG. This is for the reader who loves Sap Sapiens, Steven Pinker, um, Jared Diamond, Th but this is a radically and dramatically new understanding of human history and uh, which challenges the assumptions about social evolution that we've had and the past, the history of the past 30,000 years. It goes against the conventional account of human history developed by Western schools of thought, and they delve into alternative forms of freedom and new ways of organizing society. They're offering something wildly different, and I think this will be, um, this will make a bit of a splash. So I think this would be great for the science history reader. The next book I want to recommend is for um, young adult fantasy readers. It's called uh, Within These Wicked Walls by Lauren Blackwood, put out from Wednesday Books. Um, I happen to have several haunted house favorites this year, 
I'm not sure what that says about me, but this is definitely one of them. Um, it's an Ethiopic, Ethiopian retelling of Jane Eyre, um, but it's a little creepier, a little more romantic in my opinion, and it definitely stands very strong on its own. It has a black leading cast, um, amazing banter infused with a lot of dark, uh, sort of grim humor, and some truly scary scenes. I think this is a good fit for fans of Mexican Gothic or Children of Blood and Bone, but I also think um, people who like the movie Crimson Peak should pick this up. Um, it's got a lot of crossover appeal for adult readers who like um, horror or fantasy and are okay with a, a strong romantic um, um, element. So, yeah, I love this one. I would totally read that. Yeah, and it's it also like a couple days ago was announced as a Reese's, Reese's Book Club pick. And what a so. beautiful cover. Yes, I love the cover. And it has gorgeous end pages, oh, I think, too. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, we're at a period of time when there's such great bookmaking going on, I think. Um, which leads me to the, the gift that I'm going to be giving to my wife, Rochelle. It's, um, it's a gorgeous new Taschen book. Those of you who know Taschen know that they make these spectacularly beautiful, beautiful art books, mostly. And it's, uh, this is a book on Frida Kahlo. And it is, if you're going to have one book on Frida Kahlo, I think this is the one to have. It is, um, it's full, it's rich, um, the cover is gorgeous, the end papers are gorgeous. It's got um, uh, a beautiful ribbon to keep your place in. And um, it's something I think Rochelle will really, really like. And so will any other person who loves art. There's a bunch of stuff I want to go quickly just to make people aware of. The, uh, the new book by uh, Hanif Abdurraqib uh, is a book that has been shortlisted for the National Book Award. Uh, it's called uh, A Little Devil in America, Notes and Praise of Black Performance. Really excellent, really wonderful. There's a new collection of poetry by Rita Dove, a new collection by Louise Gluck. Um, there's also, in the, in the nonfiction world, um, there's a couple of books that I would give to, I would give it to my dad if he were still alive, but it's called Battle for the Big Top. P.T. Barnum, James Bailey, John Ringling, and the death-defying saga of the American circus. And then a chilling account of what we've all been through uh, by Adam Schiff, Congressman Adam Schiff, Midnight in Washington, how we almost lost our democracy and still could. And one that I'm very proud that I made my my way through because it was really excellent, taught me something about someone that I really didn't know very much about, and that is Paul Auster's new book called Burning Boy. It's the life and work of Stephen Crane. About half of it is biography, and about half of it is kind of explication of Stephen Crane's work. And it made me hunger to want to read as much Stephen Crane as I could, particularly his poetry. So of course I went out and I got the uh, Library of America edition of Stephen Crane, which that whole series is one that I would recommend to any and everyone. Another one not to be missed is Lauren Groff's Matrix, also nominated. Uh, another one not to miss is Lauren Groff's Matrix on the short list for the National Book Award. I also, I want to bring up um, a great little gift book that you can grab if you're just not sure what to give. It's inspirational. It's by 
um, a wonderful human being, Todd Dowdy, who actually happens to be a the vice president of Doubleday, maybe? Um, it's called Little Pieces of Hope, Happy Making Things in a Difficult World, and it's the result of some social media posts that he began on on Instagram, basically just trying to cheer people up and make a list of the things that he remembered that still gave him hope. Um, someone at Doubleday suggested um, that it get you know compiled into a book, and here we are. It's called Little Pieces of Hope. It's delightful, and it's a great little gift item. I also wanted to talk about um, a collection called Home in Florida, uh, Latinx Writers and the Literature of Uprootedness. It's edited by our dear friend Anjanette Delgado, and it has um, fiction, nonfiction, poetry by the likes of Richard Blanco, Jaquira Diaz, Patricia Engel, Janine Capo Cruzet, Reinaldo Arenas, uh, and many, many others. This is a terrific book for you to check out and give as a gift. And then Christina, I also, before, but just sorry. I'm going to interrupt just for a second. The, the Latinx home uh -huh. makes me realize how many um, wonderful writers we have living in our midst, yes. particularly on the children's side. We have Brad Meltzer, who's done the I Am series. Margaret we have, Cardillo. We have Margaret Cardillo. We have Chantal Acevedo, uh, whose new book is called. Uh, she has two. The two books in the Muse Squad series. Um, they're middle grade adventure novels. Like and Christina Gonzalez as well. Mm -hmm. Christina Diaz Gonzalez. Right. And her new book just came out. Concealed. Yes. It's called <laughs> From Concealed. Scholastic. Really, we're so fortunate in this community. And I have to say that a book that I loved, uh, even though he lives only part time here, and that I consider him a Miami, and, and that's Russell Banks has a new novel out that I just found fascinating called Forgone. So take a look at that as well. Um, a few more I'd like to mention is uh, Zori by La Laird Hunt, published by Bloomsbury. Uh, this one is actually a finalist for the National Book Award, which I think is going to be announced in a few weeks. Uh, this is a beautiful and quiet novel, a moving portrait of one woman's life. Uh, Zori is searching for her place in the world. Her life is filled with sadness and loss, but also the joy and comfort of a life well-lived. Um, and all of this happens in less than 200 pages. Um, I would say this is for readers of Marilyn Robinson, Elizabeth Strout, if you enjoyed Stoner by John Williams or Any Human Heart by William Boyd. Um, and another one, this is a gift I would like to receive, <laughs> is the New York Times book review, 125 Years. This is a big, beautiful anniversary compendium of reviews, photography, letters, little bits of gossip from the past 125 years of the New York Times book review. It's also fun to see how some books were initially reviewed upon publication. Some books like The Great Gatsby, Mrs. Dalloway were actually panned by critics and are now masterpieces. Um, it also includes essays by James Baldwin, Nora Ephron, Haruki Murakami, Walter Mosley, Pico Iyer. This is a must for any bibliophile or anyone interested in the last 125 years of literary history. It's a big coffee table book. It's a great book. And yeah. the editor of that, the editor of the New York Times Book Review, Pamela Paul, has a great little book that I, you could give to anybody called uh, um, 100 Things We've Lost to the Internet. 
<laughs> and it's really, it makes Just you really 100? start thinking about all that we have lost. Um, <clears throat> I want to quickly mention a few picture books that I think are standout picture books just, just for the year. They'll, they'll make great gifts for um, little readers. So the first is Nina, a story of Nina Simone by Tracy N. Todd, illustrated by Christian Robinson. Um, it's an illuminating and really well-written biography of Nina Simone for children. Um, and it's illustrated by one of my favorite artists working picture books, Christian Robinson, um, who's a Caldecott honoree. Um, I, I highly recommend it. It's bright pink. It's absolutely gorgeous. And then the next is, um, there's a ghost in this house by Oliver Jeffers, which is coming out November 2nd from Philomel. Um, I'm a big Oliver Jeffers fan, but, um, I think anyone who picks this up is going to have a lot of fun with it. It's about a little girl who lives in a haunted house, but has never seen a ghost. Um, and it breaks the fourth wall, bringing kids on this journey around the house, um, hunt, uh, hunting a ghost um, using transparent pages and insert. And the third one is Bright Star by Yuyi Morales out from Neil Porter Books at Holiday House. We've had the honor of hosting her several times and we're always excited when she puts out a new book. And this one is gorgeous like um, all of her previous works. It's bright and bold. Um, it's written for a younger audience than I think her other picture books and it has special resonance for the Latinx um, immigrant, immigrant community as it discusses um, a child facing fears when separated from a parent. But I think it's told in a way that is universal and really sweet. Um, and I love it. Two, two others real quick just to, to mention. Uh, it's probably going to be you know, one of the biggest gift books, I think, of the year, and that is the, uh, the two-volume Paul McCartney lyrics book that is uh, about to, to hit stores, right? It's $100. Uh, and I imagine, you know, when we talk about supply chain issues, this may be a hard one to get. It's from Live Right. And uh, Live Right is known for the quality of what they publish. So I think this will be pretty spectacular. And the other one is called Renegades, Born in the USA, Dreams, Myths, and Music. And it's by Barack Obama and Bruce Springsteen. So this is a book that I think um, uh, you might be interested. Two longtime friends take you beyond the groundbreaking podcast with an expanded conversation and never-before-seen speeches Archival material and original lyrics. That is Renegades, born in the USA. You know, there's been so much talk about the supply chain being difficult this year. Uh, we've taken some steps to make sure that uh, our customers can get books, and we've been encouraging them to to order early. Yeah, order early. Think about it now. November is the new December, as October was the new December. So. You know, start start making your list. Come into the store if you're here in Miami. If you're not, just go online, www.booksandbooks.com. Order online. We can gift wrap it for you, ship it out, um, and get it there in time for the holidays. And that, go ahead. I'd also like to say our shelves are full, full, full right now. So this is the perfect time. I've ordered way too much, but I know it will sell. And we have a great selection of signed stock that you can find on our website as well. And, you know, as I as we go off the air, why don't we just do what we normally do every day, which is talk titles. So I'm going to start, and I'm going to talk about those that I, that I missed. And uh, Will Smith has a new book coming out, The Great Will Smith. 
Okay, um, if you if for the foodie in your life, Stanley Tucci's My Life in Food. Um, Our Country Friends by Gary Steingart. Um, more another book for science-minded kiddos is Beatles for Breakfast by Madeleine Finlay. For the soccer lover, the Barcelona Complex, Lionel Messi and the Making and Unmaking of the World's Greatest Soccer Club by Simon Cooper, published by Penguin Press. Uh, the Sentence by Louise Erdrich. I haven't read it yet, but I think it's a mystery that takes place in a bookstore, so right up my alley. And then I'm thinking of Rebecca Solnit's book on Orwell, Orwell's Garden. Orwell's Roses. Orwell's Roses, which were in his garden. Yes. Uh, for thriller readers, I will always recommend a Courtney Summers, and her latest that came out earlier this year is The Project. For the literary mystery lover, Mrs. March by Virginia Flato. And um, if you want to know everything you ever didn't know about Thomas Mann, call him Toybean's The Magician. Our Brad Meltzer's I Am series, right? Yes. Uh, that never fails to make a child the latest, very, very happy. The latest of which is I Am Oprah Winfrey. Um, and my favorite... And a very recent release also is I Am Frida Kahlo, and we have signed copies of both. But the one I'm waiting for is I Am Mitchell Kaplan. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I also want to mention coming out at the end of November is All About Me by Mel Brooks, a autobiography that I'm sure will be a huge seller for the holidays. Mel Brooks is is probably in that book that I mentioned earlier about old Jewish comics. If he isn't, there's a problem. (laughs) Excited about Lily King's Five Tuesdays in Winter, um, her collection of stories. This has been really spectacular, you know, really, really a, a wonderful um, to see all of you. And we're doing this live and in person. I think the last few times we did it, it was by, uh, by Zoom. So, you know, to see you here in the store uh, just warms my heart. And I think it's a great, great fall uh, to look forward to, uh, don't you think? I'm excited. We have a lot of good stuff coming out. Yes, and and uh, I love being with all of you here and talking books. You know, it just feels so special. I learned so much from all of you, from my colleagues. Um, and I think whenever I meet anybody, you understand, you know, why all of us are so passionate about uh, what we do at the bookstore. Because I passionate about it because I get to work with the three of you. Uh, and if um, if we didn't have this bookstore, I wouldn't be able to be be among you. Right back at you. <laughs> so. Well, thank you all, Gael, Christina, Christina. Thank you, Mitchell. A wonderful, wonderful time. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs>